So a quick announcement about what the next... I can tell you right now what the next 10 episodes of Patreon will be. Yes. If you are going to sign up for our Patreon, every level gets a bonus episode. Yes, that is correct. And the bonus episodes are going to be... All hairspray. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, they're going to be our top five movies each. Yep. So... Two Drink Cinemas top, top 10, 10 movies. movies. So we've realised this many episodes in that we haven't reviewed any of our favourites yet. So we're going to review them for bonus episodes on the Patreon. Yeah. And the first one's going to be... Hairspray. So, listeners, jump onto our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash two drink cinema, if you want to get our bonus episodes and hear our reviews of our favourites. Yes. No, Yarbles, I think, is your balls. Oh. Imagine if they did say Yarbles for boobs and the Yarbos in Hocus Pocus is a reference to Yarbles. Yarbles, Urban Dictionary, referring to the male genitalia, originates from a literary piece, A Clockwork Orange. Come and get one in the Yarbles. So we've got Yarbos and Yarbles. Yarbos and Yarbles. Because we were looking the other week for yeah. words to describe schwing schwang. Swing swang. Sorry, swing swang. You've been yarbled. You've been nixed, me old beauty. <laughs> <laughs> Two drinks in a bar. Cheers. Welcome to another episode of Two Drink Cinema. We are reviewing this week A Clockwork Orange. If yes. you got that from just us talking about Yarbles, then well done. Yes. You've clearly seen the movie. You've clearly seen the movie. More than once. And are part of its cult following. Welcome, Brett. Thank you. Welcome to you as well. This is Two Drink Cinema. We are two brothers reviewing movies two drinks at a time. This is our preview episode, though. So if you just got thrown by the fact that I said reviewing, we're not reviewing it. We are reviewing it tomorrow because we're going to see it in a cinema. We are. We're going to the Astor Cinema. Yes. In um, whatever suburb that is. Melbourne. Windsor. St Kilda. St Kilda. Chapel Street. Anyway, the good old Astor Theatre. Going there for the first time and I don't know how long. And actually seeing a good movie... Not like Plan 9 from Outer Space. <laughs> yeah. What was the last thing? I, I saw Empire Strikes Back there, the last I thing. I did not. Middle of last year, I think. I think the last time I went would have been a Plan 9 Robot Monster double. Yep. Oh, we got to get to Robot Monster. Add that to the list. Done. We are talking about A Clockwork Orange because it is the anniversary of its release, the 40-year anniversary of Fif- its release. 50-year? Yes. Yeah. 50 years. God, my maths is always so bad. With years. You're not yeah. good with years. Well, it doesn't feel like 2021. Does it feel like 2011? No. I don't know. <laughs> Fucking anyway. 19th of December 1971 was its US release and then released later in the UK and released again. Oh, no. So this is the the interesting thing about its release. It was released on the 19th of December 1971 in New York. Yeah. Then released in January 1972 in the UK. Mm-hmm. Then released in February 1972 in the US. 
Oh. And then I think in like June 72 in Australia. Right. Uh, budget of 1.3 million. That is not a lot. And then box office, 114 million. Do you reckon, com- I wonder that comparing Stanley Kubrick budgets. Yeah. If this is 1.4 million and the movie before this he d- did probably was 2001, a Space Odyssey. Yeah. Um, very th- different. That probably would have had a very different budget. And even Spartacus before that. And even, um, well, and then after that, The Shining. The Shining was 1970. 80. 80. Oh, God. I believe. I'm bloody terrible. I'm just, that's just off the top of my head. 10.5 million for 2001 A Space Odyssey. So 10 so times 10 as much. So 10 times as much. Um, Compared to like Eyes Wide Shut, and obviously the- inflation is a thing. <laughs> yes. But compared to but Eyes also- Wide Shut, $65 million. Because I think maybe the cast would have got paid more than the budget of yeah. <laughs> probably 2001. This is, yeah, this is Cruz and Kidman yeah. at the peak while Cruise they were Kidman pairing. Yeah. Yeah, like Tom Cruise is still at his peak, and Nicole Kidman's still right, like right up there as an A-lister. Yes. But them together uh, would like you could have probably got Kidman for this much and Cruise for this much, but together, yeah, yeah, for more than the combination of their individuals. Yes, more than the sum of their parts, as they say, Ooh. and parts the sum of their parts is relevant to Eyes Wide Shut. There's a lot of parts. There's a lot of... But there's a lot of yarbos and yarbles. Yeah, and a lot of rubbing of parts. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> Me neither, but there's sex. I know, I know there's a lot, so... It's, um, it's an erotic mystery psychological drama. Okay, sh- Clockwork Orange is? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Clockwork, Clockwork Orange... Orange is just a shit show of a well, movie, really. it's a dystopian crime film. Based on Anthony Burgess's 1962 novel of the same name. It was banned. Uh, well, no, it was withdrawn from yes, cinemas not of, long after it was released. Because of copycat violence, yeah. ultraviolence. Ultraviolence. Um, so Stanley Kubrick behested that it be withdrawn from cinemas uh, and it was banned in several countries. I love that, that, like, this was banned for a reason, um, a reason. Um, Life of Brian was also banned in certain parts of For very different reasons. (laughs) One is about rape, murder, and ultraviolence, and the other one is a Clockwork Orange. It's, that's the thing. I have seen Clockwork Orange, I think, maybe twice. Yeah, I reckon. And... At the end of it, I'm still just like, what the fuck? Like, it has more story. I I think it's more accessible than 2001. It's 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 got. I know you were going to say it has more of a story. Yeah, yeah. Because 2001, the appeal and the looking back on it and why 2001 is a great movie is more the visual yes aspects of it. But and that. Visual aspect did things that cinema hadn't done before. Yes, and so probably without two thousand and one, you wouldn't have gotten Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, because Don't at me, Star Wars, Shane. No, they'll agree. Um, so two thousand one was nineteen sixty eight. Yes, so it 
was one of the movies that was a space movie that wasn't Plan 9. Yeah, yeah. Like, up until kind of then, and up until then, space movies were B-grade little sci-fi yeah, horror yeah. things. Aliens, Invasion. And yeah, not the movie that, Aliens. No, 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 no. That <laughs> was after. Invading and, and, yeah. You know, the blob and the thing from outer space and yeah. whatever else. Yeah. And then 68, Stanley Kubrick took space onto the big screen cinema and made it a cinema thing if you yeah. separate movie from cinema as an art form. Yes, okay, yeah. Uh, which... Kubrick is all about cinema as an art form. Yes. That's his thing. Yeah. And so then it puts space into the cinema side of things. And then George Lucas made it into the blockbuster thing. But you, without 2001 box office takings of $146 million, yes. Yes. then nobody like George Lucas thinks they can make a blockbuster uh, oh no! Space film, yeah. But Clockwork Orange, because this isn't our Kubrick episode. No. Alex, played by Malcolm McDowell, the central character, is a charismatic antisocial delinquent whose interests include classical music, especially Beethoven, committing rape, theft, and what is termed ultraviolence. It's a lot. Yeah, it's an intense movie. Yes, because there's huge sequences at the start where his little gang of droogs, as he calls them, mm-hmm. do commit a lot of ultraviolence. Yes. Including, I've seen a couple of times, I, I do remember them breaking into some Someone's old guy's house. house. And Beethoven's on. That doesn't narrow it down. I remember a lot of Beethoven. Well, he listens to Beethoven. And I have some memory, similar to your Donnie Darko memory, of him self-pleasuring while Beethoven is on. That okay. might not be true, or it might be reference that he's doing something, and I've added that as the activity. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what it is yeah. in this movie. And so then he is captured, captured, caught, caught, arrested. He's not an animal. And going to the zoo. <laughs> and sent to or the pound. He? And then there's a new experimental psychological treatment technique which in the movie is called the Ludovico Technique. Yep. And he is subjected to that. It is intense. And that is where you get a lot of the iconic... That technique is where you get a lot of the iconic scenes of the eyes opened. Yeah. That's become a meme. That's been on The Simpsons. Yeah. And it's become a meme as well. Yes. And that technique is the eyes open and they show bad things while playing the Beethoven. Yes. So then he gets to associate good things with bad things. And then it's like, memory. To de- not, I was going to say desensitize, but. Oh, I think it's more oversensitize. It's um, behavioral psychology is the big thing. Yeah. So it, well. it's, it's commenting on morality and psychology and. Youth and all sorts of things, juvenile delinquency. It's it says a lot. I think it all of Kubrick's films say a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's. Uh, I haven't seen it for a while, 
But I feel like it had Alex and his mates doing all these bad things. Yep. But I then also didn't... I don't think it was really like um, making them look cool because of that. No, I I think they were... I think there's the issue in the time from memory is these guys are still delinquents. There's not a societal acceptance of ultraviolence. No. In Even though it says it's a dystopian crime film, yep. I think it's more viewed as in the 60s, kids were getting a little bit more delinquent. Yep, yep. See Officer Krupke. And, the, yeah, and the 50s as well. Yeah. And so I think this novel is an extension of, look how shit kids can be. Yes. So it's still a societal issue. It's just the it's gone further. Um, the Ludovico technique is not a real thing, um, in case anyone was wondering. Yeah. But it is a band. Oh. There's a band called the Ludovico technique. There's probably a wanted. band called the Yarvels as well. Probably. And Droogs. It That's the other thing. The fucking gibberish made up yeah. language. Yep. That they speak in this. I'm just like, what are, what are you talking about? Well, I think that's good. And we'll probably talk about it after we hear it. It's it's good. And you can imagine as an adult going to see the film and the kid talks like that. Because adults are always like, oh, I don't know what these kids are talking about. Yeah, yeah. And so if you're saying like the extension of juvenile delinquency yep. is something that adults don't understand, you add the language to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that makes it even further and even extreme uh, extremizes. It's not right. Extremizes. Makes more extreme the difference. Right. There is a word for that. How's this for a bargain? Anthony Burgess sold the film's rights of his novel for $500. That's ridiculous. He probably thought nobody would ever make this. He's like, this is... No, no film studio is going to be... Yeah, release this movie. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. It's so violent that no one's going to make it. So he's like, 500 bucks, fuck you, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, Ooh. this I think this is the most interestingly of all the interestinglys we've done. Mm-hmm. Alex has three other people in his gang. Yep. They were originally going to be the Rolling Stones. Oh my god. So that would have made it. Mick Jagger shit. would have played Alex. Oh nah. Yeah? Nah. So this came out, right? That would have been shit. In nineteen seventy one. And this is like, you know, they always say Stones versus Beatles. So the Beatles release Help, Hard Days yeah. Night, <laughs> Yellow Submarine, and then Mick Jagger. Rapes people in a Clockwork Orange. God. <laughs> like, you couldn't get any further from the Yellow Submarine than a Clockwork Orange, I think. That is insane. I can't picture that. They would have just made it some joke of a movie, really. It, it wouldn't have been what it became. Because Malcolm McDowell is very good in this. Oh, yeah. Especially because I think the whole torture, not, I don't want to say torture. The technique. The technique with the eyes thinged. 
looks like he actually did that. Yeah. So, good on you. um, Mick Jagger has played Ned Kelly in the 1970 film Ned Kelly. For fuck's sake. Right? He was in a movie. uh, His most significant role was in Donald Kamel and Nicholas Rogue. Director of Witches. Oh, wow. His film Performance in 1968. Nah. Um, Stick to the music. He auditioned for the role of Dr. Frank N. Furter in the 1975 film adaptation of the Rocky Horror Show. Yeah. Again. Yeah. No. (laughs) Very different. Very, very different. Um, And then he's done other bits and pieces. Yes. And now he does production stuff as well. Um, so yeah, that would have made it a very different film, but it also, you couldn't, I don't think Kubrick could have sold it or the studio couldn't have sold it how they sold it because it would have been the Rolling Stones in A Clockwork Orange. Yeah. And then I think that if I'm whatever label the Rolling Stones was on, I don't want them making that movie. Well, not as what it came out as. Nah, because you'd be like, nobody's going to buy your music after this because you're all going to look like shit. Yep. But it was like Ken Russell was the director at that point when they were looking at the Stones. Right, okay. But that never happened because the British Board of Film Classification didn't like that, what they were doing, but somehow approved what Kubrick did with it. Mm. It got, as you can imagine, when it was released, there was mixed reviews. Yes. Um, some thought that it was great and um, it does comment on society and future society and everything. Um, our friend Roger Ebert, two, and, two, two stars out of four. Four. Um, it's just said... We should it, start it, translating Roger Ebert's... Ratings into five stars, so, so people can understand them. Two point two five. Two point two five. But then also, Roger, idiot, who gives point two five a star? Yeah. <laughs> um, he called it an ideological mess. Well, Burgess, the author, wasn't a hundred percent happy with it. Mm, he initially yes. praised it as brilliant, and he said so brilliant that it might be dangerous. He loved Malcolm McDowell and Michael Bates, but he said it didn't have that kind of redemption of Alex at the end that the book has. Right. But the that's he says, was because the US editions of the novel that were published prior to 1986 didn't have the final chapter oh. of the book, which oh. is the redemptive final chapter. So in the book he's also he, the technique works and he's a good he's a good kid at the end of it. Well, the book or has Or maybe he's not as bad. So this is a little further. Omission of the final chapter, right? The book has three parts, each with seven chapters. Mhm. Burgess has stated this is straight from Wikipedia, so don't at me if I get it wrong. Burgess has stated that the total of 21 chapters was an intentional nod to the age of 21 being recognized as a milestone in human maturation. Okay, makes sense. Societal maturation. Like humans are mature well before 21, physically. Or not. Yeah. Oh, physically. Yeah. Yeah. Human maturation 
happens before 21. Yep. The 21st chapter was omitted from the editions published in the US prior to 1986. In the introduction to the... Uh, blah, 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 blah. So, at the American publisher's insistence, Burgess allowed their editors to cut the redeeming final chapter from the US version so that the tale would end on a darker note, with Alex becoming his old, ultra-violent self again, an ending which the publisher insisted would be more realistic and appealing to a US audience. That's true. I, I agree with that. The film adaptation, directed by Stanley Kubrick, is based on the American edition of the book, which Burgess considered to be badly flawed. It depends. I think it kind of depends what the what story you're trying to tell. There's obviously the um, the story that therapy works and people can change, and then there's also the other thing of like people aren't going to change. Well, uh, according to this, this is how Wikipedia has worded it. So again, don't at me if I'm wrong. Burgess was told that US audiences would never go for the final chapter in which Alex sees the error of his ways, decides he was simply gotten bored of violence and resolves to turn his life around. Well, that's shit. That's that, a shit ending. I'm not saying Burgess is a shit writer, but that sounds like a shit chapter. That sounds like... it was and like it was all a dream. Yeah, that's like... <laughs> he's like, oh, I need to make him good. Mm. He just got bored and stopped doing it. In Kubrick's opinion, as in the opinion of other readers, including the original American editor, the final chapter was unconvincing and inconsistent with the book. Kubrick says he didn't read the original version until he had virtually finished the screenplay and that he had never given serious consideration to using it. Yes. Um... I think, yeah, and knowing what I know about American filmmaking in that they always like to have a little happy Hollywood ending, except probably for Kubrick. Yep. If it was a good way of getting to Alex redeeming himself, they would have included it. Right. I feel like the way that chapter's described there is means it's not great. Not yes. great writing. I prefer, from what we said, I prefer the ending of the film. Yeah. Even though I think it's weird, it makes sense more with how what the film does. That wasn't great English. And I didn't read that from Wikipedia. Burgess made a 1984 stage adaptation of the novel. Oh, God. A Clockwork Orange, colon, a play with music. Oh, so not a musical, though. It contains a direct reference to Kubrick. In the final moment of the play, Alex joins in a song with the other characters. In the script's stage directions, it states that while this happens, a man bearded like Stanley Kubrick comes on playing in exquisite counterpoint, singing in the rain on the trumpet. He is kicked off the stage. Because they do sing... There's a bit in the movie where they're singing, doing singing in the rain. Yeah. I feel like they sing singing in the rain while beating someone up in that creepy, like, tunnel yeah. under a bridge. Thing. Yeah, that. Yeah, I think I remember that. Because there's some t- things I walk around sometimes, I'm like, it looks like the Clockwork Orange Tunnel. Anyway. um, You know what I was thinking? I was like, Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a good score on Rotten Tomatoes, 87%, mm. right? My issue with that yep. is that they're doing a review now. 
So if you, yes. how long Rotten Tomatoes been a website? I don't know, ten years. Not fifty. For years, arguments, or sake. even forty years. Yeah, um, arguments sake ten years. Yep. So they're watching it with you know like nostalgic, cult coloured lenses. Watching it knowing it's got a cult following. Yeah. And watching it knowing everything else that Kubrick has done. Yeah. So that's the issue sometimes with older movies is they're not getting reviewed at the time they were made. Yes. But then. We all, and we often talk about the cancel culture. Yes. When people are reviewing movies now, they're not reviewing it with the context of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, not saying it's a bad movie and people shouldn't review it well, but I don't think that if it was reviewed by the public 50 years ago, that it would have an 80% approval or whatever. It also depends on your view, and we've talked a few times about Cinema just being for enjoying, cinema just being for a nice story, cinema as an art form. We talked about it a bit in Donnie Darko, because you can just watch Donnie Darko as a well-made movie. Yes. And I think this is a well-made movie. Yep. Because Kubrick is, according to everyone, a a perfectionist. Well, yeah, you kind of have to be. And so that's the thing, I think, is... It's a very, with all of it, a very good looking and a very well made movie. And he shot it all with extreme wide angle lenses. Yeah, which would have been. To kind of make it this big, unreal kind of thing. He does, he is quite, um, Kubrick has done a lot of filmmaking things that would, like, he's a pioneer of. Yeah. If you, we were saying before about like 2001 and how good that looks. Yep. Well, and even then, The Shining. Yeah. And Stephen King is strongly on the record as not liking it as an adaptation. Mm. But it's a visually incredible movie. And with that, I don't know if this is correct. Yeah. But like, I'm a, I, I think, maybe, probably yeah. not right, that Kubrick like invented... In, in quotation yep. marks, the steady cam thing. No, for I that. think he invented the one on the rollers. Oh, I thought it was the steady cam, like following the kid at the end in the maze. Because it's. I just thought like, it was the rollers for up him riding up and down the hallway. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's both. I don't know. But you think like that hadn't been done very often before? Yeah, the following kind of stuff, um, without it being shaky. Yeah. Um, you know who did like it, though? Not Roger Ebert. The uh, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Oh, really? It was nominated for four Oscars. Yep. Uh, including Best Editing, Best Screenplay, Best Director and Best Picture. But one, none of them. Oh, big ones. Yes. I feel like it was... It was... A well-made movie, but not popularly accessible enough to win Best Picture. Yeah. And I think it was ahead of its time. The 70s is when when movies got started taking themselves a lot more seriously again. Yeah. Um, And it was maybe a bit early on. Yeah. the, the, The box office is relatively... Low, 114 million. Yeah. But then the budget's pretty low. The 
it was given an X rating yeah, initially yeah, in the US. That makes sense. Uh, and then... So... And this is how tight I think the distinction is. Kubrick replaced approximately 30 seconds of sexually explicit footage okay. to then get an R rating. Oh. So it took out one, one Yarble. And one Yarbo. And one Yarbo. And it then is an R rating. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I am looking again. forward to seeing it in a cinema. On the big screen. On the big screen as nature intended it. As, as in, And by nature, I mean Kubrick. <laughs> <laughs> so Astor Theatre tomorrow night, if you're listening to this on Friday morning on the way to work, there could still be tickets. There could be. If you do decide to go, let us know and we'll say hello. Yeah. Because Kubrick reference, the bar in the foyer of the Astor is the Overlook. Oh. Yeah. What's that a reference to? The Overlook Hotel. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. Yeah? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I narrowed the field by saying Kubrick references. Yeah. The Overlook Hotel is the hotel in The Shining. If you want to have a drink with us before we go and see Clockwork Orange, let us know if you go and get tickets to the Astor Theatre. Let them know that we sent you. Won't mean anything, but... Maybe yeah, but still, the guy on the other end of the phone might listen to us on the podcast. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> but everyone books online. Remember True. when you used to go to the Astor and they oh, used to give you a little paper ticket like, off the roll? Yes, a little pink slip. Well, not, not like, slip. you know, like yeah. a little ticket, like a little tiny piece of paper that said admit one. Like when you Google image search old movie yeah. ticket. Yes. It's just the little that says admit one. But admit now one. we get online and I've got it on my phone and the guy's going to scan a barcode at the door. Yeah, and then Not see that the we're same. double vaccinated and it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode of Two Drink Cinema of our preview of A Clockwork Orange. Thank you, Brett. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Drink Cinema. Make sure you've subscribed so you don't miss any future episodes. Please share with a friend and leave a rating and review. It goes a long way to help us reach a bigger audience. This show is produced by Odd Sox Entertainment. For more of Odd Sox Entertainment's work, including the show notes for this episode, follow the link in this episode description. Follow us on all your social platforms and join our Facebook group to connect with us. Thanks for listening. Happy watching and drink responsibly. Cheese.